0: Humboldt
1: Last Week. So glad you made it here. Humboldt Last Week is a podcast designed so you can hear some of the highlights from Humboldt's Last Week while you do stuff. My name is Miles Cochran. I'm a former local radio personality and reporter here. This is available where you get podcasts. If you've been digging it, please spread the word. You can listen and connect at Humboldtlastweek.com. Check out the Humboldt Last Week Facebook for episode updates and local content. Disclaimer at times, the podcast can feature explicit content. Real quick, a short thank you goes out to the podcast partners this week. They help make this possible. Bongo Boy Studio, find them at bongoboystudio.com. Arise Miranda, Certified Massage Therapist, find her at humblesoapcompany.com. Lewis Bagels, find them at LewisBagels.com. And Ferndale Music Company with Alasdair Fraser and Natalie Haas at the Old Steeple Friday, March 16th. Tickets at FerndaleMusicCompany.com. Let's get started. Big ol' heroin bust. Maybe you saw that. 40 grand all bagged up, the officers found. Release goes into warrants at locations in Eureka and Fortuna with nearly six pounds seized. Six pounds. That's either a huge distribution ring or one crazy night for Courtney Love. Cops arrested a couple of guys that were part of this ring. Good work, officers. Well, with all those dirty needles on the ground, it looks like on the 6th, Eureka will be looking at amending policy on needle exchange programs, programs exchanging dirty needles for clean ones. Critics say this enables users and it creates litter. Eureka and health officials, however, believe this reduces the spread of disease and educates users while they're at it. According to the Journal, the Eureka City Council is looking at an ordinance that would require needle exchange programs to keep numbers on needles given out and collected, require them to refer users to treatment, and require those that offer exchange to do weekly cleanups. A wanted man out of Texas was busted at a hotel in Garberville. 28-year-old sex offender was wanted for indecency with a child. Good work officers uh, helping this alleged creeper from the Lone Star State seal his Lone Star fate. Ah, the long barrel bandit, and just like his barrel, his prison sentence is also long. He was this younger guy from Rio who went on a robbery spree, all over Humble, usually masked and with a gun. Remember when he was busted, he spent the night in the woods after running from the cops? Yeah, a guy was said to be addicted to drugs at the time of these robberies. He had held up employees at gas stations, grocery stores, motels, list goes on. According to Loco, he's looking at 25 years in state prison. Surprised he made it to court on time, given his long history of holding people up. Oh, this is great. Maybe you heard St. Joe's Hospital teaming up with Open Door could get a doctor residency program going as early as this summer, according to the time standard. They also got a half a million dollar grant to help give this residency program a boost. St. Joe's had to compete to get this grant, which will help them get some young doctors up here doing their thing, stimulating the medical community. Peace on Channel 3 indicated this program will help draw much-needed doctors to Humboldt. Awesome. Residency program, huh? Make way for JD and Turk. I know
0: I'm no Superman.
1: Meanwhile, I saw in the Times Standard another reminder from the state about Humboldt's nursing shortage. The state recognition of the shortage, though, officially opens up funding for local institutions to get nursing programs thriving again here, which could be great. Real quick, thank you goes out to a couple episode partners for one Bongo Boy Studio. Local band The Gatehouse Well has been recording there. <laughs> high-quality Celtic-inspired folk quartet from right here in Humboldt. That's The Gatehouse Well. Check out their new EP, And The Sparks Did Fly. And look into where they've been recording locally at bongoboystudio.com. And Arise Miranda, Certified Massage Therapist. With over two decades of experience as a Certified Massage Therapist, each session is custom to your needs. Massage has so many health benefits, and Arise offers a variety of styles. Oh, and how about 10 bucks off the first session? Check out Arise's new mini spa on 7th Street in Eureka. More details at humblesoapcompany.com. Oh, dang, you hear Marcy Kitchen's lawyers have dropped her as a client. She's the woman from Fortuna accused of drunkenly in her Jeep, running over and killing her own teenage daughter and her daughter's teenage friend while they were skateboarding. In preliminary hearings, Marcy's son also testified, saying he denied her request that he crash her Jeep into something to make it seem like that was the cause of front-end damage. The lawyers that have repped Marcy up until now say she can't afford them, so they're done. According to the Times Standard, they said they'll help appointed counsel get up to speed before her trial begins in a few months at the end of May. You hear about the kid who kicked out the window of a cop car? Might have to uh, foot the bill for that one. Sorry. This happened in Willow Creek before his little tantrum they detained him for causing a disturbance at a business. A lot of love out there for this one. The Yurok tribe got a whole bunch of land back along Blue Creek from a company. They're going to start some environmental restoration work. Blue Creek is a splinter from the Klamath River in northeast Humboldt. They'll get to work once again, making that a protected sanctuary for salmon and other wildlife. Huge environmental, cultural, and spiritual win for the Yurok tribe. A 27 year old mom from Garberville is missing. Chelsea Dawn Israel was last seen at a residence on Redwood Drive. She's white, 5'8, 180 pounds, dirty blonde hair. Photo at kimkemp.com. Well, Fortuna settled a wrongful death lawsuit for almost a million dollars. You see this in the journal? When it was dark and rainy in a residential part of Fortuna back in spring of 2012, this 26-year-old guy, allegedly on meth, got into it with officers. Officers said he'd took one of their batons and was violently swinging it at their heads when they had to resort to shooting him. Others believe this kill shot was delivered when the man was unarmed, either lying on the ground or bent over. Dashcam footage of the incident was interpreted both ways by those who saw it, and all in all, unclear. The $900,000 settlement the man's family received is reportedly not an admittance of fault or guilt. Both sides still appear to believe they're right, but thought settling was the best decision money-wise. Fortuna's insurance will cover most of those costs. This is a wild one guy was arrested who had this story something like on Xbox or PlayStation call it Grand Theft Auto 6 Broadway edition Back in September dude allegedly was the passenger in a car that got pulled over ran into the mall Then out the back Jacked a bike at gunpoint rode off then jacked a car at gunpoint Then he ate at Jack in the Box bought some Cracker Jacks and changed his name to Jack Okay Didn't do those last things five months later guy was arrested in Fortuna good work officers Oh, hey, HSU alum and future NFL star Alex Capo was impressing people at the NFL scouting combine. He's a monster out there, offensive lineman that'll be the first HSU player to be drafted into the league in 27 years. He was reportedly holding his own at the combine, especially doing well in bench press reps. Takeaways are he may switch to a different position on the offensive line in the league, and an NFL network analyst on Twitter said Alex was one of the best offensive linemen there in position drills. Good work, Alex. And a quick thank you to a couple more podcast partners for one Los Bagels. Since 1984, Los Bagels has been pleasing the world's taste buds with boiled and baked organic bagels, cucumber, and bacon scram, whatever your flavor, they have it for you. Chip bagels to yourself or friends at losbagels.com. And Ferndale Music Company with Alistair Fraser and Natalie Haas at the Old Steeple Friday, March 16th. an award-winning duo featuring a Scottish fiddler and a Californian cellist. It spans the full spectrum between intimate chamber music and ecstatic dance energy. That's Ozdair Fraser and Natalie Haas, The Old Steeple, Friday, March 16th. Tickets at com. Well, just a quick warning. This story is at times difficult to hear in graphic. And if that's something you're not prepared for, this would be a good place to stop. The trial began for a man who's accused of shooting and murdering someone that he thought was a friend, but was actually in a sexual relationship with his wife. It's believed the suspected shooter, John Goldberg, learned about this affair from a text, a text from the wife of his alleged shooting victim. She reportedly found nude pictures on her husband's phone and sent this text, looking to get Goldberg's wife to confess. So you have two married couples just seeing their worlds falling apart after this affair was discovered. And eventually the victim, Tim Smith, a volunteer firefighter and beloved member of the community was shot multiple times outside of his home in Fortuna where he died. That means two families and those close to them also seeing their worlds fall apart. Now, some witnesses have put the suspect, John Goldberg, at the scene of the crime. Last week, his trial began in front of a jury, and we'll see if they convict him of first-degree murder. And joining us right now is Lost Coast Outpost reporter Rhonda Parker, who's been covering the trial and the entire case from the very beginning. Thank you so much for your time, Rhonda. You're welcome. So, on the day of this incident back in September 2016, what is the defense saying happened, and what are prosecutors saying happened?
0: Well, the defense is pretty much saying that Goldberg fired in self-defense. They're saying that he approached Tim Smith's pickup truck. Tim Smith was standing outside, that Tim Smith reached into his truck for a gun, and then rushed at Goldberg, who was standing there with a loaded revolver, and during this encounter, the gun went off. So it's that's kind of a vague explanation, but that's pretty much what uh, Mr. Russo, the defense attorney, said during his opening statement. The prosecution says that it was a premeditated killing, that Goldberg, had driven by the house an hour or two before the shooting, was basically casing the place, and then showed up with a loaded gun and just shot him to death and mr goldberg is expected to testify during the defense case so we'll hear what he has to say about what happened
1: so yeah i mean it sounds to me like the number one major disagreement here is about whether or not tim smith was reaching for this gun in his truck and if he rushed goldberg and no witnesses actually saw that happen right
0: (laughs) No witnesses saw the shooting. There were a number of people there. There was a PG&E crew, and there was a construction crew that was helping PG&E with traffic control. And several people heard the shots fired and saw the body on the ground and saw Goldberg leave, do a U-turn in his white van and take off. The only person who saw Goldberg with a gun in his hand was Tim Smith's wife, Jessica Springer. She heard shots came to the front door, and she saw Goldberg turning. He had a gun in his hand, and she saw her husband on the ground. So she was pretty much the only person who actually uh, didn't see the shooting, but saw the immediate aftermath of it.
1: Now, does that complicate things? If there's no witnesses that actually saw the shooting, they're kind of claiming this sort of self-defense motive here?
0: It's an important point as to whether Smith did have guns in his truck. Um, that's been an issue throughout the trial. Um, his wife says no, that he had put them away, but there's some conflicting testimony there because she said during the preliminary hearing that she had told him he needed to get his stuff together for his upcoming hunting trip because his guns were still in the truck. So it's entirely possible that they were put away, you know, before Goldberg showed up, but that's. A question right now that'll be up to the jury to to decide.
1: And Smith's truck was never searched?
0: Yeah, that's a problem. Fortuna Police did not search the truck. Several witnesses testified that the truck doors were open when this happened. Uh, Somebody closed them, we don't know who. And um, they also didn't search the house, Tim Smith's house, and they didn't uh, search the little camp trailer that Tim Smith Jr., Tim's son, was living in right next to the house. So, you know, that's somewhat of a problem.
1: So going along with this narrative from the defense, you know, since Goldberg is facing first degree murder, is this, and I'm sort of, I you know, I don't know too much about this. Is that kind of all or nothing? Or can the jury come back and say, you know, actually, we feel like, you know, this may have been second degree murder with no premeditation or even manslaughter. Is that something that they can do?
0: Definitely. Well, yeah, the judge will give instructions to the jury on the meaning of first degree murder, second degree murder, and then... It's up to the attorneys what they want. I'm assuming Mr. Russo will also want instructions on manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. So we'll see what the judge does. But I'm pretty sure that they'll have the options.
1: There's Goldberg's neighbor saying Goldberg planned to kill Smith. And then a friend of Goldberg saying he had admitted to killing Smith after the fact. Uh, you know, the road worker saying he saw Goldberg casing the house. All of that that event says are lies. Since there's no recordings of this stuff, how does that all hold up, just this testimony?
0: I think during the opening statement, Russo did discredit the testimony of the construction workers, you know, pretty much saying that the testimony wasn't reliable, didn't really go into specifics. Um, There's been a lot of questions asked about exactly where they were sitting and what they saw or couldn't see because there was a lot of heavy equipment in the area. Now, we haven't heard yet from the neighbor who says that Goldberg told him he was going to go kill Tim Smith. And we also haven't heard from uh, the guy whose house Goldberg went to after the shooting and who who he supposedly told that he had killed Tim Smith. So um, I'm assuming those people are going to be called as witnesses because Mr. Russo said that that's not what they said. So we'll find out during testimony what they recall actually saying.
1: And then another added thing to this, you know, it's alleged that Goldberg and his wife had a history of fighting with each other, that he shot a gun around her before the shooting, that she's been refusing to testify against him. How does that impact all of this?
0: Well, that's a good question. Her friend, Frida Smith, gave pretty lengthy testimony on what Rachel told her. It's not going to have the same impact on the jury that Rachel Goldberg herself testifying would have. But Frida Smith was a pretty credible witness. And she really doesn't have any ulterior motive to come in and, you know, and lie about what happened that day. So I think the jury was probably pretty impressed with her. And I think it hurts Goldberg, um, the testimony that he fired shots around his wife and that they had been in physical fights. I don't know how much. We'll see what the jury does with that.
1: But. Now, is she like slated to provide testimony this week?
0: She's apparently living out of state now, and there has been a subpoena issued for her. I don't know whether she'll just ignore the subpoena and not show up, or whether she'll show up and do what she did before, which is to say I refuse to testify. And she refused to testify during the preliminary hearing, even after she was held in contempt of court. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to get anything out of her. I could be surprised. but
1: So you had said Goldberg is expected to testify. Do you think he's going to offer up anything new that we haven't heard yet from the defense?
0: I don't know. I'm eager to hear what he has to say. I mean, I think Mr. Russo, his attorney, summarized it probably as to what he's going to say, but I'm sure there'll be more details, especially when he starts being cross-examined by the, the prosecutor who's going to you know, have a lot of questions about how this actually went down.
1: Right. Well, so how many days of trial is Goldberg looking at this coming week, you know, and when do you think there's going to be a verdict?
0: Um, It's going to be a while. The defense is expected to call eight, and the prosecution, I don't know how many more witnesses they have to call, but the defense is expected to call I've heard eight witnesses, including Goldberg. So, I think there's going to be a psychiatrist or psychologist who's going to testify about the state of mind that would allow somebody to continue firing after they shot the first time, and they kind of go on autopilot or whatever and just continue firing, because that's a difficult fact for Goldberg, that he shot him once and then shot him four more times. Even if Tim Smith did reach for a gun, and even if he did rush at him, and he shot him during this being rushed at, he continued to shoot him as he was laying on the ground. To your original question about how long it's, it's going to go, um, the judge at one point said that it should end before March 23rd. And so we've still got at least a couple of weeks to go.
1: My goodness, what a long trial. This is one of the longer ones we've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long trial. It's, it's uh, somewhat complicated.
1: Well, I guess we're gonna see you know whether this gun went off in a very chaotic moment or if this was cold blooded premeditated murder. Is there anything else you wanted to mention, Rhonda?
0: No, I don't think so. It's been um other than that uh, Tim Smith's family is there every day. There are a lot of them. I think he has a number of brothers. I don't know about sisters. It's been hard for them. Some of the graphic testimony. there's a lot of crying um also, Mr. Goldberg's father is there. And his brother was there for a couple of days. So the courtroom is pretty packed, and uh, the judge is extra careful with the jury because they, there's this big crowd of, you know, Smith supporters that are often congregated in the hallway. and the jury's been leaving through a separate entrance. Um, the spectators have been asked not to congregate outside the door, etc. So I haven't seen that too often.
1: Well, as we wait for you know, the wheels of justice to play out, um, thank you so much for your reporting. Lost Coast Outpost reporter Rhonda Parker, really appreciate your reporting and your time.
0: Thanks for uh, letting me talk about it.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Hey, thanks again for listening this week. I do want to thank the episode partners. One more time, Bongo Boy Studio. Find them at bongoboystudio.com. Aris Miranda, certified massage therapist. Find her at humblesoapcompany.com. Los Bagels, ship bagels to yourself or friends at losbagels.com. And Ferndale Music Company with Alistair Fraser and Natalie Haas at the Old Steeple, Friday, March 16th. Tickets at ferndalemusiccompany.com. Again, my name is Miles Cochran. I'm a former local radio personality and reporter. You can head over to HumboldtLastWeek.com to listen and connect. Also, there new music right now at HumboldtLastWeek.com. You'll find a new playlist featuring Mantra, Editors, and Sardi featuring Sun Little. Again, that playlist is at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Just click on New Music. You can also listen and connect there. Please do let me know if you have any constructive feedback or positive comments. That makes the podcast better. You can head over to the Humboldt Last Week Facebook in case I decide to do any giveaways there this week. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Bye. Humboldt
0: Last Week.